Okay, that's some of base. Remember the discussion of Hilkas Tomen. We had said yesterday, Rabbi explained there's actually a double machlekes going on over here. Rabbi Yudah does not hold the Xeris Akasov of Tomen at all. Uh, and however, that machlekes between the Rabbanan and Rabbi Yudah about whether you hold the Xeris Akasov of Tomen, that's when you're madlik besoik shaloi v'holcholachavere. So if you light a fire in your own field and you are and it gets to the other guy's field, that's where you have the Xeris Akasov, according to the Rabbanan, of a pitur of Tomen. And that would pop to anything that was nitman in the field. However, Rabbi explained, there's also a second machlekes. When you light a fire directly in your friend's field, in which case you're mamashe peshe, you go and light the field on fire, then you're older. Abonnant say you're only going to be potter on tamun, which things which would not expect to be there. So things which are tamun stam, there is no xerosakosov in that case when you light it in your friend's field directly. But things which would not expect to be in the field, then we consider it as if it's the owner of the field's fault somewhat, etc., and therefore he, you're not going to be high for those things which are not expected to be in the field. We did say another Kiddush at the end of the daf also, that in the case where you are going to be Potter and Tamun, you do have to f- make up that value with the Chit or Sar or whatever would have been in the field. So if something large was in the field, and therefore you have as Tomun. And if Chacham say you're going to be putter on that, the Brisad said to the Chiddush that you're still going to pay as if that space was filled up with Chit or Sar or whatever was normally have been in the field. So that amount of the thing that's Nitman, you are going to pay. We're on the top of Samach Beis now. That's Halach, of course. As we just said, the whole Petur of Tomun is by Madrib Betech Shaloi. And then it spread. If you light your friend's field directly on fire, then then there is no Petur Tomun, but as Rashi said, like Rava explained, there is still a Petur Tomun, but not the same Petur Tomun. <laughs> it's not the, the blanket, pardon the pun, Petur of Tomun, but rather it is the Petur of Tomun of things which you do not normally expect to be in the field, that Petur of Tomun would still exist. However, now says the Bryce, there's another twist. Even though they didn't hold of either version of this Tamun, they are mighty that there is a case where you could be putter, which is, If you, Ruvain, says to Shimon, you can pile up your crops in my field. I know you have no room in your field. You're working in your fields today. If you want to use my field, use my chutzr to pile up your crops, you could. So Reuben is Mechabel, some sort of shmira on those crops. Again, we had a Machlechus early in the Masechta. Does he have to be favor so that he's Mechabel Achrayis? Or just saying, you could use my field as enough to be Mechabel Achrayis. Whatever the nature of the case is, he's Mechabel Achrayis to put his stuff in the field. Godesh, Vehigdish, Vehitmin. And then he goes ahead and when he puts... when. Shimon makes these piles in Shimon's field. He hides some stuff inside these big piles of Tvua. So he has the big piles of Tvua that Reuben said Shimon could put there. And Reuben's going to be responsible for them. But Shimon goes ahead and puts some stuff in there. The hitman, and now Reuben goes ahead and lights a fire. And it spreads. It's in his own field, really. That's him. And it spreads and it burns down this Godish. So if it burns down this Godish, says, no, according to the Rabbanon, of course, you're going to be Chayef, you're going to be Potter for Tomer. <laughs> so in this case, even though Behudu does not hold of Tomer, in this case, you would also be Potter on the things which are hidden inside the piles. Shani Mishama, to make Godish Bovad. Because in this case, it's not a question of Eish per se, it's a question of Shmira. I said I was going to watch your pile of wheat. 
I never said I was going to watch your pile of wheat with a bag of money hidden inside of it. I never accept the responsibility for that. So even though over here I lit the fire, we'll see in the case, a case in a second, which is slightly different. Over here I lit the fire, but lighting the fire is not directly a mazik. If I'm directly a mazik, then you can debate whether this Torah applies. But here I didn't directly light the directly mazik. I just lit a fire, which Torah says I'm chayav for, I understand. But I'm only going to be chayav in this case because I was makabal the shmira. Over here I was never makabal the shmira for such a thing. Or for instance, the price price continues. Or what if I told you you could put chitin in there? I was makabla chrais on chitin. And the mice you put sirit, okay? And then it burns down. So obviously I'm gonna pay you for the sirit, which are cheaper. But I'm not going to pay you for chitin, of course. That, that's not even a chiddush. What about sarin v'higdish chitin? What about a case where I told you you could put sarin, which are cheaper, and I accept the responsibility for that? And Lamaisa, you put their chitin, the more expensive stuff. So in that case, I only have to pay you for the value of that pile if it was sarin. I never accept the responsibility for that. Oh, so Taisa says over here, this is what this Taisa says, Taisa says, we're talking about a case where I lit the fire here and then it spread. If I lit it directly and I saw it, then Taisa says, of course I'd be chayv, as an adamamazik, m'stam. But here when it's and it spreads, then we could say, maybe you didn't see it, or maybe you didn't think it would get there, and I never accept the responsibility, then in Echanami, Taisa says that. That's a good point. What about a case where I said you could put sarin, you put their chita and you cover it over with a little bit of sairin on top. So you're trying to trick me into thinking that, uh, that you didn't violate our agreement because you covered it with sairin. And then it burns down. Okay? Or sairin v'chipen v'chitin. All these cases, I only accept the responsibility. I am not considered the same level as Peshea as a regular case of fire, because in this case, I only accept the responsibility for a certain amount of responsibility in this case. And therefore... You would say no. In this case, Rashi says, Rashi says, Chitin v'chipen b'sarin, Avu b'shinoisel v'shos l'chitin, and Meshama l'sarin, Rashi says, Domalei l'reisi al'sarin, l'fichach l'zayt ben kolkach. I only saw it. You covered over with sarin. You're trying to trick me, but by tricking me, you got yourself in trouble because I didn't see it. If I didn't see it, I didn't expect it. If I didn't expect it, I, you know, sarin, I, I, you don't watch sarin as carefully as you watch chitin. So we're coming out over here that even though Yehuda holds there is no patur of tamun, but in a case where it's tamun based on my acceptance of shmirah, that would be a different halacha. It's not really a halacha of tamun per se. It's a combination of a halacha of esh and a halacha of shmirah. Then in that case, Aitaka would be put. Amar Rava. So Rava says, based on that, we can have a very interesting case, which could very easily happen. Amar Rava, noisin diner zavli ishav, amalai zari kesafu. So you give, I don't know why it picks on an ish over here, but it could be with anybody. You give them something to watch. You say, can you do me a favor? Can you watch my backpack? And you don't tell them, and the backpack was loaded with cash. You just say, watch the backpack, and they just think they have an empty backpack. Or in this case, you have a case where you tell them specifically that it's going to be silver, but you really, it's gold. Okay, and they say, yeah, yeah, no problem, I'll watch it for you. And then something happens to it. So it says, Rava, if in this case, the shamer directly damages the object, throws it in the water, burns it down directly themselves. Mishalem is dinners off. Then there's no question you have to pay the full value. Who told you to touch my things? Now, either over here you're a dinam adam amazik, 
or you're a dinner a shamer, you can look at it one of two ways, but either, and you're a shamer with a serious pshia, either in other mamazik, and of course, other mamazik pays full value always, or you're or a shamer, a shamer, and, and, and that's what you're going to be chayv over a pshia, because you lit it on fire directly, but even way, in this case, you're going to be chayv. Now Rashi right away asked the kasha, look at Rashi, ma'amagabechtazke be'adayim sh'sofar sh'chosliyah. So why is this different than the previous case? In this case, you tell me whatever the actual value is, you have to pay. In the previous case, where I said you could put something in my field, and you put the wrong thing in my field, so why over there don't you have to pay the full value? Same question. Over here, I told you it's silver, it was gold, and we say you have to pay the full value and you damage it directly. Previous case, we lit it on fire, we didn't say you have to pay. The only, you pay, but you only pay the lower <laughs> value. Why don't you pay the higher value? So Rashi says, Achish over here, Rashi says there's still a difference between taking something, something of someone, throwing it directly in the garbage, throwing it directly in the yam, or lighting it on fire and it spreads to it. When you light it on fire, it spreads to it. That's not necessarily considered mazik biyadayim mamish. We consider it more mazik biyadayim than other things, but it's not mazik biyadayim mamish. And therefore, in that case, the siren, of course, you have to pay for, but you would not have to pay for the extra value of chitin. You have to understand that Rashi is arguing what I said from Tyson before. Rashi doesn't discuss where you let the fire in this case. That's debatable. But Rashi is definitely differentiating between direct hezek and fire hezek. Okay, so that's two stages we have here. When it's direct hezek, you have to pay the full value. When it's fire-based hezek, then we're saying you only have to pay the lower value. But, Pashaboy, what about the Bryce that says, what about the case of Pashaboy, that I didn't watch it correctly. I didn't do any hezek to it. Something else was mazikit, but now I'm only chayv midin shaymer. So pashamay mishamalam mishal kesef. Then for sure, if I did not do the damage at all, it's only something else did the damage, and I'm chayv as a shaymer, so then for sure I was only makabal shmira on the kesef. You didn't tell me what was inside of this, and I have no reason to think what's inside of it, then I'm only going to have to pay the lower value, because I only was makabel what you told me to be makabel, which is the case of kesef. I was only makabel watching it up to the responsibility of silver, not the responsibility of gold. You learned this as a mimer that Rava said over on his own in the base medish. And I'm Masnisa Pshiton. We said that was Tafka the Pshat and the whole price we just quoted. The Bryce said Chitin, if he said you could put if you put down Chitin, he was supposed to put Sarin. You put Chitin, you covered it with Sarin or Sarin Vikitin, and Mashab to be Sarin Bavat. That was Mamash Debraisa. Why? Alma, I'm going to Rusa the Sarikibale, that I was only Makabel. That you could put stuff in my yard, piles of siren. I was never makabel chit. It makes no difference. Hachanami amrulani to rusadav like kibulei. So it's the mamish the same halach of rava. We can do snap price in the, in the case of shmira. In the case where you don't damage it directly, fire as well, but not direct damage. Then it all depends on what you makabel achrayis. So if you makabel achrayis based on a false assumption, it's an achrayis, but only on the lower level of responsibility for silver or for siren, not on the higher level of responsibility. <coughs> Rab said the Gabbai Talach of Rabbi Huda of no Petur Tamin. Shamat Milsa de Bihuda. I remember hearing something interesting about Rabbi Huda Shita. But I forgot what it was. So Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel, we're talking about this in the Spanish. You don't remember what he heard, what he heard, Rabbi Huda, the Mechaiva Niske Tamon. I'll tell you what it is. Rabbi Huda says, You're Chaiv by Niske Tamon. Now you have a problem. The problem is, how do you know what was Tamon? It burned to the ground. 
Right? So if you're talking about a case where it was exposed, so you have Adam. Adam can tell you, this, we saw this and this, it was worth this and that, and therefore the mazik, the person who left the fire, has to pay. But if you're on this case, or according to the Abonan, in a case where it was in a building or something like that where you couldn't see it, we had other cases, so you're going to have to pay by Tomun, how do you know how much it's worth? It's basically impossible to know. It burned to the ground. How do you evaluate such a thing? Says Ra, says Shmuel that Rav had remembered that we have a lock of Asutakonas Nigzal Beishoi. We make a connection over here to a Gemara in Shvuas. The Gemara in Shvuas talks about a case where Ruvain is caught breaking into Shimon's house and sneaking out. Okay? The, a very specific case where we see he breaks in, we see he brought an empty bag with him, we see he left with a full bag. So we know he stole something, we don't know 100%, but it seems very clear that he stole something. But now he says, no, I didn't steal anything, or I just stole a box of tissues, and that's all. And Shimon says, what do you mean? All my jewelry and all my silver is missing. Okay, so normally we would say in that case, if Shimon can't prove, if he doesn't have video cameras, or he doesn't have Adim, sorry, Shimon, you're, out, you're stuck. If you want Ruben to pay you back, you have to prove it. But Chazal over here made a takana. Chazal said we're so uh, careful and we're so upset at someone who steals something, we're going to flip the script. And we're going to say that if Shimon is going to go ahead and make a shvua, without Adam, make a shvua, that what was stolen from him was silver, whatever it is, Reuven has to pay back the silver. Okay, we flip it, a takonas nigzal, to protect someone who got robbed, that we flip the script, that even without Adam, as long as you make a shvua, we allow Shimon to collect whatever it is he claims there. What exactly Ruben's response, do we have a Tainas Bari, or Tainas Shema, or Tainas, I don't know, it's a whole different sugya, but we're not going to discuss it right now, but assuming Ruben says, I did not steal, let's just go with that, I didn't steal what you said I stole, Shimon says, you didn't make a shvua, it's somewhat similar to a case of Maidim Amiktas, because right? we did catch you stealing something, we're just not sure how much you stole. So it's built on that kind of framework. But the mice, we flipped the script. Okay. So what about by a case of Tomun? By a case of Tomun, do we say the same thing? Do we say, listen, you lit the fire, it burned into my field, that's for sure. As long as I make, and you're going to tell me things which are covered over according to Behud Yerchaiv, or according to the Abana, and the other cases where Yerchaiv by Tomun as well. So as long as the Nizik can make a Shvua, what he claims was burned, he should have to pay. And that's what Rav said. We said to Yehuda, "Asu takonas nigzal beishai." By the case of Eish, for sure, Rafarshim debate does this apply by other cases of Hezek as well? It's debatable, but for sure, by the case of Eish by Tomun, we flip the script and we allow the nizik to make a shvua to collect even without aid. By a memer, so by memer says, once you discuss this, what about the following case? Asu takonas nigzal bemoiser. Moiser was a problem they used to have in those days, which is. Someone would go ahead and not steal anything from you, but he would tell the tax authorities that you're hiding money. Or he'd tell the king that you have something, <coughs> etc. And then the Goyim would come and take it. So you're not a direct, you didn't do direct damage. You didn't directly steal. Shimon did not steal from Reuven. But Shimon got Reuven in trouble with the government, and then Reuven ended up losing everything in that case. So the law is, assuming you have to pay in such a case, as, as, as a mazik, what would Allah be? We don't know what the, what the government took. We have no idea. Who knows what they took? It's very hard to know. So Reuben says, they took this, this, and this, and he makes a shvua. Do we make a takonas nigzal, or takona of the victim over here, by a miser? So also takonas nigzal by miser, I lie. So anyways. If you hold that when you only have a grama type of hezek, you don't have to pay anything at all, so there's nothing to discuss. Because there's no chiv for the moisture to pay back. We might 
drown the Maestro on Yom Kippur, right? Because we don't like Maestro. But in terms of Chi of, of Hezek, he's, it's only a Groma. He didn't steal it, so we don't make him pay. If you hold that you have to pay this, whether you pay it to Raisa, to Rabbana, it's a debate. But whatever the halach is, if you hold, you do have to pay. So also to cut his nigs of a Maestro, the Mishtab of a do we allow Ruben to swear what was taken from her, the Goyim, and we make Shimon pay back? So now we say, take. Similar case. He had a safe, and he kicked the safe, and Shadjibinar and ended up rolling into the river and it was gone. Okay. They didn't have any salvage teams, and they couldn't get it. Now the question is, two points. A, what's in the safe? Okay. And is this like a Tumman sort of issue? And also, do we have a Takanas Nigs elevator? There's two ways to learn this Gemara. So this is what happened. So also, this and this was in the safe. It was filled with silver and gold or whatever it is, and you have to pay me back for that. <coughs> so, what's the halacha? Now, there's two ways to learn what, exactly what the Shiloh was. Is the Shiloh over here, do we have a takanas nigzel, and we allow him to make a shul and collect whatever he wants? That's one way to learn the Shiloh. Or, and the other way is, that's a question of, can you just claim anything you want is in these things and you have to pay you back? Is there a gvul? Can you say, well, it was filled with, I don't know, it was filled with uranium ore and it's worth, you know, a billion dollars an ounce. Oh, okay, fine. Or, or, or is there a gvul on this? It's our Mishnah. That when you light the house on fire... We say that's not considered tomon, but people put things in their house. And here also, people keep things in a safe. So, of course, you can assume there was something in the safe and you have to pay back. Wait a second. If he claimed that in the safe he had cash, okay, that makes sense. But here he claims it was filled with fancy pearls. Can he just claim anything? So, my. Can you, do we normally assume people would, could, would put pearls in such a box or a safe, and therefore it's a reasonable taina? And again, assuming that you have to make a shvua, without a shvua, it's fine, or not. How far do we take this? The Gemara says, take. On the same point. So what about the case we burn the house down? And he says, oh, I had a fancy silver becher in there, I had a fancy silver lachter in there, I had some, all kinds of fancy silver stuff in there. My. Can he just taina that? We just said, even if you taina this, Tomon or not Tomon, you can make a shvua to collect. Is it just unlimited? Amalai says, no, it depends. Chazina. In if the victim over here, the Nizik, was a rich guy, the Isla Kisa the Kasba, then it's reasonable that he had some of this silver. Or maybe it wasn't his, but he's a trustworthy person and people give him stuff to watch. People give him things to watch. Then he can make, like we said, the Takonas Nigzal, you can collect. Even though Chazal said you can make a Takona, then Nigzal to go collect, it has to be reasonable. If it's not reasonable, you cannot collect. This is where you start the fire on his property? Yeah, again, wherever the patur of Tomun would be. Or again, if you don't have a patur of Tomun, if you have Edom, you have Edom, right? But if you have if you have some sort of patur of Tomun, even according to Behuda, according to Abanam, by the case of Bira, that's what we're discussing, that it's reasonable that you might not know. We have a Takanas Nigzal to let you collect. How far do you push that? That's our Shiloh. It's a very strange line of Gemara. It has nothing to do with our sugya per se. But we just talked about a Takaras Nigzal. So there's a secondary text of Nigzal. The Torah talks about Chomos. Talks about it in Pasei Fabricius. Talks about it in Mishpatim. So Chomos in the Torah's language just means stealing. Like regular Gzera is always called Chomos. In the Dine Chazal, Chomos means something totally different. 
Okay? Chamas is a type of gzela derabonan. It's not the classic gzela that we're always talking about. What is the difference between them? And here the Gemara is sort of discussing whether we have the same debate of takonas nigza by chamos, amalei chamson yov demei, gazlon yov demei. The difference between a chamson midrabonon and a gazlon is that a gazlon steals, does not pay. A chamson forces you to sell it, puts a gun to your head and says, I will pay for it, but I, I know you don't want to sell it, but I don't care, I'm willing to give you a fair price, but I never, you, the victim in this case never really wanted to sell the thing at all. That's called chamos. Okay? So that is a subtype of gazlon, it's really only a gazlon drabonon, because the price you pay. You don't want to pay, but why should you pay? If he pays, why should he be called a Gazan at all? A Chamsun. We paskin. If you force someone to sell something and he agrees to sell it, it's a good sale. You get him back out on the deal. So why why did I do anything wrong? Yes, it wasn't very nice, but why should I have to give it? Chamsun is mashma that I have to give it back. Why do I have to give it back? We paskin. The deal's a good deal. Somewhere like Kasha, again, there's a big sugi in other places in Shas, we're not going to get into it here, in Babasra, like Kasha, when he agreed, how did he agree? Did he verbally say, Raitzani? Then the deal is a good deal, you don't have to go back on it. If he did not verbally agree, he just had no choice in that situation, you took the money and you and you threw the money at him, and you took the object, then Enechami would say, and you come back out of the deal, if he, if he can afford it best, and then he could. So that's all separate debate. The Marge is bringing here to the friendship between a Gazlan and a Because they need a Mishnah. Last Mishnah of the Pesach. Gets Shiyotza Mitachas Potiv. Someone is banging a metal axe on something and you have a spark flies out and catches on the Vihizik. So you're going to be Chayef. You're going to be Chayef for that, for that spark. It's debatable <laughs> over here whether, again, this is an Ish issue or this is an Adam Amazik issue. It's definitely fire that's causing the ish, causing the damage. The question is, is this fire more like a direct fire? Like, remember, we, talk, we discussed earlier, as we'll discuss in a second. If you take a fire and light someone, something on someone's uh, on fire, that's not Ish. Right, that's all the mamazik. Right, Aish was when wind blows it. So it's not 100% clear what this case of the gets of the spark is. Are we talking about where you throw, you cross a spark and wind blows it? Or are we talking about where it lands directly on something, what you do? And then it's like Cyrus, which there would be no din Cyrus, but either way, you're going to be chayv. Gomel Shaitan Pishan, this mission we quoted back on Davchav Beis and the Sugya of Ishimishim Chetz and Ishimishim Imayne. We quoted this Mishnah. We had a very difficult time understanding the halach of this Mishnah. Our Gemara does not get into that whole discussion, but we'll explain the Mishnah based on what we learned on Davchav Beis. Gomel Shaitan Pishan, so the Gomel Shaitan Pishan, too much Pishan, obviously. And it stuck into a store where someone had a fire lit, a candle. And it caught on fire. And then the whole building went on fire. So Balagom al Chayev. The Balagom is going to be Chayev. This is the Gemara discussed. Is this Eishu Mishum Chitzay or Eishu Mishum Mamani? What is the nature of Eishu over here that you be Mechayev your animal for lighting a fire? Like, how does this work? This is the Gemara back on Davchav Beis. The Gemara said, if it's Eishu Mishum Chitzay, so it's the Chitz of the animal. So then we could discuss that maybe you're going to be Chayev. Is it like a Tzweirah's kind of halacha? Maybe a Chayev Chatzinezik, depending on how you do it. So at least it's debatable. But if you're the Eishu Mishum Mamonai, so this is the moment, this is not your moment. This is the moment of the Balachanus. Why are you Chayev at all? So the Gemara said, we have to make an ukimta over there where the fire was lit and the animal directly lit something on fire. He scratched against the wall and directly lit it on fire. So it's not a case of Aish, really. It's a case of, 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 of the animal 
putting something on fire directly. Look back on the Gemara and Daf Kafbeis. The Gemara goes back and forth on how to work out this case. We talked about a case where the animal stopped walking and he had to go to the bathroom and then he lit, it, lit the building on fire. Look on the Kafbeis. The Gemara goes through all the details on how to learn this mission. However, if the Chenveni put his fire outside the store, which he should not be doing, then a Chenveni Chayev. Then it's his fire. It's his fire. Animals are allowed to walk in Rishon Sarabim. That's, no, that's a Ruach Mitsuya. That's a normal activity. And therefore, the one who put the fire out there is responsible. But, Behuda says, if I did it by Nechanaka, in which case I'm allowed to put my candles outside the store, outside my shop, then, of course, the Balachanavidi is going to be put there. It's not his fault. And the Balagomal would be Chayv in that case. He should be responsible to make sure that he's on Chanukah. You better be careful where you walk in Rishon Sarabim. We can see from here in Hilchas Chanukah that by Chanukah you have to put the fire low to the ground, within 10 tefachim of the ground. If we don't care where you put the Ner Chanukah, you can put it anywhere you want. Why are you, you putter in that case? Why don't you just put it on a shelf above the height of where a camel walks? Yes, you have a mitzvah to light Ner Chanukah, that's great. So put it on a shelf very high, so nobody lights on fire. From the fact we don't say that, it must be there's a mitzvah dafka to put it low to the ground. Remember, Ner Chanukah, the whole idea is that it should be obvious that the candle you're lighting is not just a candle, it's a candle for Chanukah purposes. Normally, when you have a candle outside your store for light in those days, so you put it on, you know, 10 tefachim higher or taller. By putting it lower than 10 tefachim, you're actually showing that it's Ner Chanukah, and therefore, that's why you're going to be put when the, cam- when the camel lights on fire. Elav Shemina, mitzvah nicha b'teichasar. Tzimah dafka. Amri loy. That, that, it could be that halacha is true, but we don't have a riot from our Mishnah. Maybe you really could put Hanukkah above. And therefore, maybe you tell me that the Baal Chanut should have put the candle higher up to avoid lighting any on fire. It could be it's a combination. Really, you could put Hanukkah above anywhere you want. But Chazal, don't, Chazal said, put it outside. Oh, now, okay, now I'm in Rishon Sarabim. I have to worry the guy's coming by with a horse. So I have to put it four feet, five feet, six feet in the air. Chazal, we're not. But Shriach, you to do that for a mitzvah. So a combination of the fact that it's a mitzvah and it's a tircha, <coughs> therefore Chazal, we're not mechaev you to put it so high. Lamaisa, we paskin, it's better to put Ner Hanukkah lower to the ground. So therefore, we're just saying there was no raya from our mission. Even though we said you don't have to necessarily put it below 10, it's better, but you don't have to, but above 20, it's possible. Just like a sukkah and a movie, it has to be clear and obvious what that this is that this is something people could see, it has to be parsumanisa, etc. Therefore, a nerchanak above 20 amas does not count. Moving on. Says the Mishnah. Moving on to the halachas of Geneva. So we say when someone steals something, the Pasuk says somewhere, and that's where we're going to focus on the next few days, where the Pasuk says this, that you have to pay kefa. If you steal an animal and you shecht it or you sell it, so then besides the kefa, you have to pay arba v'chamisha. That's going to be very clear through the sugya that arba v'chamisha includes the kefa. Okay, so it's actually not arba v'chamisha. It's actually two or three. Plus kefal. Okay, so it ends up being four or five. So, but there's a difference between them, says the Mishnah. Kefal applies to anything you steal, whether it's alive, whether it's not. And inanimate makes no difference. Whereas, is only by a shor and a ser. And it says, we'll see the So that's only going to be by a shor or Next halach in the Mishnah. If Reuven steals some Shimon, 
And now it's in Ruvain's house. And now Levi comes and steals it from Ruvain. You do not pay kefal in that case. Rashi says, The Ganef is not considered the Balabayas on this thing. He doesn't have to pay. You don't have to pay kefal. You, you have to give it back to him. You took something <laughs> that you, you did something that he was responsible for. Or maybe you can give it bear, directly back to the original owner. But there's no din kefal in that case. Once you don't pay kefal, then even if you shecht it, you would also, again, you could be chayv as a mazik or something, but in terms of arba v'chamisha, you don't pay. Anytime there's no din kefal, as we said, there's no din arba v'chamisha as well, and therefore, going to fracha ganef would not pay it. Says the one interesting point on it. Ties it back to our sugi. The ilu, our mishnah does not say, says the Gemara, midas teshnumi kefal neheges bein meganef bein betoyantan is ganef. We already discussed earlier, that there's another type of ganif, a subtype called Toyin Tainas Ganif. So if I am watching something of yours, I could be a, a, a Shimer or Balaveda we discussed. So I am a Shimer, and you come to me and say, hey, where's my object? And I say, I'm sorry, it was stolen. I'm sorry, I'm a Shimer Chinam. I'm not Chayef for Gnev and Aveda. It was stolen for me. Sorry, I'm Potter. Leave me alone. Then it turns out that I had it the whole time. So now the Torah treats me like a ganif. And when I have to pay back to the owner, I have to pay kefel. What about if I do that and then I shecht it? Do I have to pay Abra v'chamisha? Am I a real ganif to pay Abra v'chamisha in that case or not? Says the Gemara. The mission does not, when the mission is differentiating between Abra v'chamisha and kefel, it does not say that by turning tanis ganif you only pay kefel and you don't pay Abra v'chamisha. Must be. It's a raya to, to this halach of Rabbi Yechonon that when you steal something by keeping it and not giving it back, not only are you a ganif and have to pay kefal, but if you shecht it or sell it, you're gonna and it's a shor and a seh, you're gonna have to pay Abra So it's a raya to that halach. We wanted to bring a raya. So the for the fact that the mission does not differentiate that it's a riot is ain Our mission is not telling you all the differences between kefil and arba v'chamisha. Meruba katani. It's just telling you that there are some that apply by one and not the other. Ton of a shire, but maybe enichanami. Tain tain is ganif. Pays kefil, but Tayyantan is Ganif does not pay Abba Vichamisha. We have no right from our Mishnah. Says the Gemara. Where do we know this halacha from? That kefil applies in all cases, and Abba Vichamisha only applies by Shah Rasa. So we'll start the Sigma. It's going to continue into tomorrow. The Torah Bar. The Pasik says, I'll call that, and it's an interesting Pasik. You have to pay attention to the context of the Pasik. The whole context where the Torah says you pay kefil is not talking about a case of a Ganif, it's talking about a case of a Shimer. The Pasuk says, I'll read it in Pasuk Mishpatim, If you give something to watch, Okay, it's like a strange halacha, the way it says it. So I'm watching your object, if it gets stolen from my house, Pasuk Shad is reading the Pasukim, then the Ganif has to pay double. But again, it doesn't say it in a regular case. It talks about a case of a Shemer. And therefore, So I have to make a Shruah. I'll call davar pesha anything that's your fault. I'll shor, I'll chamor, I'll seh, I'll salma, I'll beget. I'll call avedes sheyemek yuzeh. 
the one who's found guilty is Shalim Shnayim Lareiv. So it says Kefal twice in the Pasuk. It says Kefal in the beginning where it says a Ganif, and then it says Al Kol Devar Pesha. The Gemara is actually not Al Kol Devar Pesha. Al Kol Devar Pesha is a cloud, anything you stole. Al Shara Hamar Al Sev Al Samla is a prat, examples. And then it says Al Kol Aveda, that's cause of a cloud. That's our regular type of structure that we're familiar with. That's called a cloud, uprat, uklal. And the rule is, prat. And therefore, we say that you're chayah for anything which is similar to this list. Now, this is a very strange type of cloud, prat, uklal. Because it's a cloud, prat, uklal, which has many different pratim in it. Normally, we have one prat. Here, we have many. That already is an indication there's something strange going on. So, ma prat mefurish dover metal to a goof moment. All these things, an animal or a beged, are things which are movable, it's not karka, and they are worth value on their own. So, on those types of things, I'll call dover metal to a goof moment. What does that mean? What is not included? Yatsu karkoish and metalton. So, if someone steals karka, no kefil in that case, you just have to give back the karka. Karka is not movable, and therefore it's excluded from the salacha. Yatsu avadam shukshul karkoish. We know evet is always as it is. Like Karka, Rashi brings a positive. So, an Evid is a din like Karka. If you don't pay careful by Karka, you don't pay careful by an Evid. Yotsu Storis. What if you steal a check? If you steal a document, which is could be used to collect money, but it itself is not Gufay Maman. It doesn't have inherent value. Even though it's movable, and Gufay Maman. And therefore, in that case, you don't pay careful either. Yotsu Hegdish. Also, if you steal from Hegdish, no din careful, because the end of the Pasuk says, so therefore, we see from this pasuk that you pay kefil by all things, even if they are not a shor or a sev, because we learn this as a cloud prat cloud. So anything you steal, which is metalto vagufe mamen, you're going to be chayiv if you don't steal it from hegdish. All right, we'll stop here because tomorrow is going to continue into tomorrow's daf. So we'll stop here. We'll pick it up here with Hashem tomorrow on the drush.